Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. I suspect foul play. Hello, and welcome back to You Love to See It. It has been quite some time, hasn't it? Quite some time. I mean, for the viewers, it's only been a couple, like a week. <laughs> or maybe a second, depending on if they went back That's to true. back episodes or whatnot. But it's been a while since we recorded. Time's subjective. It is subjective. It's 1130 uh, somewhere. It's actually 922 right now as we're recording this, but it is. It is 1130 somewhere. Well, actually, I don't know about that. Is it 1130 <laughs> somewhere? And... This, folks, is why you have to watch the greatest film of all time, Pop Star Never Stop, Never oh Stop, to understand what we're speaking of. Anyway. All right. Well, to start off this episode, uh, just like the last one, we're going to have a little, I don't even I say icebreaker, but it's not. Just a little intro question. Uh, it's going to be similar this time. I'm nervous. We are very nervous. We're going to have a random number generator pick a number between 1 and 20 to choose uh, a year from 1999 to 2019, right? Yep. Yeah. And then we will choose out of those. Uh, once we get a number, we'll figure out what our favorite movie is from that year. So, commencing, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Oh, we, we Caleb and I have the same answer. Do you, can you get a different answer, Eric? You can you can talk about it. I'll, no, I'll talk no, about something no, else. No, I'll give it to I'll give it to you. No, I'll no, give no, it to please, you. Please, please, Caleb, it's yours. All right. Well, I don't know yet, so I need to look. So if one of you want to go real quick, um, I need to look for 2008. I feel like there's a lot of movies from 2008. Okay. Well, I guess I'll begin. Uh, my favorite film from 2008, uh, perhaps my favorite movie of all time. Wow. Wow, indeed, which is pop star, if you're listening. <laughs> Turn off your ears. Uh, Synecdoche, New York, Charlie Kaufman's magnum opus that was 2008 that was 2008 uh just a brilliant brilliant uh devastating movie follows uh Caden Cotard played by uh Philip Seymour Hoffman in one of his best performances uh a a New York based playwright who's life is just not where he wants it to be he's stuck in uh, a relationship he's not uh, too happy with his professional life is going okay but uh, he's not the great success uh, he dreamed of being and he comes up with this idea uh, to make a play as big as life itself. And that takes him on an incredible journey, uh, which is driven by uh, Charlie Kaufman's insane 
uh, mind in which he literally tries to recreate all of New York and I don't particularly want to say more than that as far as plot goes but uh, of course I would I would recommend a, a watch five star movie in in my humble opinion and as far as it makes you feel uh, no movie has ever left me so how can I put this it's more than being so affected it's affected in that effect affects my humanity I'll say makes me feel particularly human and with that a lot of uh, sadness uh, a lot of warmth really uh, hits the spectrum all the way across and uh, definitely the most emotionally moving film uh, and thought-provoking film combined that I have ever seen. And I think Eric feels similarly. Yeah, that was also my answer for the favorite movie of 2008, I think. It's a great movie. Caleb went over it pretty well. I think I'm going to pivot to a, a bit of another direction. Um, shoot, there's a pretty big drop-off, I will say. I, I, th- I thought the same thing. There's a few mm. good ones, but you've probably seen more than me in 2008, obviously. I think so. I'm going to go with... Hmm, I, I still don't know which one I'm going to go with I know which moment. one you're not going to go with. I'm going to go with... Shoot, I'm going to go with In Bruges. Um, Martin McDonough's 2008, like, Irish black comedy. Um... Yeah, uh, it follows Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as their their like spies or like agents on a like on a secret mission, and one of them, Colin Farrell's character, has just made a pretty big mistake, um, a mistake that really weighs on his conscience. I don't want to spoil what that is. Um, it's remarkably funny, um, very entertaining. It also it's got its own somber notes to it. I'm a, I'm a fan. <clears throat> All right. Well, I guess it comes down to me, and I was choosing between two. I honestly don't have many from 2008, but I, I feel like as much as I was hesitating to not talk about this movie, or hesitating to talk about it, I don't think you can look at 2008 without talking about The Dark Knight. And so that's what I'm going to go with. Big surprise. Yeah, well, I wasn't originally. I was, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't. I was just looking at my watch list, and it wasn't where I was going to go with. But I just kept thinking, I know it's a cliche, but I feel like you can't talk about 2008 without talking about it. Also, it was honestly one of the first – I remember we talked about on one of the first episodes, one of the first movie experiences you ever remember seeing. What movie? It was, it was um, uh, Avatar, right? And you talked about – Kind of that was the first time you really were just like wowed by a movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that was this for me. This was one of the first times I can really recall sitting in a movie and feeling like wow. And um, I saw it with my dad, and I I just loved it. Obviously, you know, you could talk about it so much, and it might be a movie that's a little overrated, perhaps by time. Uh, but you know, you could talk about Heath Ledger's performance. You can talk about Nolan's directing. You could talk about 
the score for the film. I mean, you could talk about a lot of things, obviously. And, you know, while this movie is probably a tad uh, overrated in current times, um, I don't know where it sits in, like, the top letterbox. It's, is it high up there at all? It's top 20. I, I know it is on IMDb. It's, like, what? It's like, definitely top 20. It's, like, top it's five. A four, it's a 4-4, four, four, so. I mean, it's high. It's very high. I mean, it's the yeah. highest superhero movie, I think. No, it's not. It's not. Into the Spider-Verse is number eight all time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. I can, I can see that. Either way, I just think- I think it's number eight. It, it might have shifted. You, you would do a disservice to 2008 as a year without mentioning The Dark Knight. And yeah, Dark Knight so, is number 14. It's a great, great movie. Uh, a classic, you know, whenever I feel like watching the trilogy. Um, it's my favorite, obviously, of the three. And I always get excited when I'm thinking about, oh, yes, the next movie I get to watch is The Dark Knight. Like- that your second favorite Nolan? I don't think it is my second favorite Nolan. I have my Nolans rated. It's not my second favorite Nolan, actually. I, I, I decided to do... I did This was one of the lists I made on the plane. Um, it It is not my second favorite Nolan. It's my third. You know what two are above it. Of course. Yeah. It's my third favorite. And you still have to see Memento, right? I still have to see Memento right. and um, Insomnia... Yep, you haven't seen Following yet either, I haven't right? seen Following either. Those are the three I have to watch, which is a goal for me over winter break. But yeah, all right. Well, good three stuff. three good movies. Uh, but obviously today we want to talk about one movie in particular that we all just watched uh, yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Um, it was Knives Out, and uh, I think we have a lot to talk about. Uh, it was, we all went in, I think, with... I'm not going to say high expectations. Very like high. We were, not like, going to lie, very high yeah, expectations. Okay, that's, I, I don't want to make it sound like we were like severely disappointed, but <laughs> I will say that we did go Eric, in with- would you say you were severely disappointed? <laughs> yeah, in a way. Really? Yeah. Severely okay, disappointed? This, okay, this movie, this movie, okay, just had so much buzz. It did like incredibly at Toronto. Every single person I know has been raving about it, like- yeah, it, I I mean I agree with you. Yeah, like look at the cast. It, it, we've been talking about this movie since you showed me the, the trailer. The trailer looked really in... good. Yeah, and and yeah. no, you're right. And this is something I'm sure we'll talk about later. But the impression I got from the trailer personally was much different from what I was left with at the end of the movie. This is one of those movies that's I've seen on like so many top lists this year, from like a lot of people that I like really respect and. I don't know if I quite got the same experience. I yeah, I don't think any of us did, to be honest. I think we should probably get right into it, but I, I do want to say real quick that I think I would be pretty accurate if I said this movie probably is not in your top 10, maybe even top 20 of the year, right? It's definitely not in your top 10. I can guarantee that. It's sitting at number 21 right now. Yeah, wow, not even your top 20. And it, honestly, from the movies that you've told me about and that I've seen on that list, I, I'm not surprised. And it's... It, I don't. To be honest, it might even move backwards <laughs> from other movies we're gonna see. So I expect it to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, Caleb, do you wanna you it. wanna give us a little plot? Maybe just just a little general idea of sure. what Knives Out was. Uh, Knives Out is ostensibly a murder mystery, uh, though it doesn't really conform uh, completely to that uh, standard. Uh, great mystery writer Harlan, last name Thromby. 
Thromby. That's right. Harlan Thromby uh, is found dead uh, the morning after his 85th birthday, uh, at which uh, basically his entire family and extended family uh, had attended the night before. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and then Daniel Craig's character, um, it's Benoit Blanc, pardon my French, uh, comes in and heads an investigation uh, trying to determine if uh, uh, if Thromby died, in fact, by suicide or if there was foul play involved. Uh, you also have Marta Cabrera, who uh, was... Harlan's uh, nurse and good friend. Uh, so a lot of the film is seen from her perspective. I, w- I would argue she's the protagonist, probably, right? Yeah, I she, would she say definitely so. Is. Yes. I, I, mean, I, I, I originally thought that maybe Daniel Craig was, but it very turned out I think she's the protagonist. She's definitely the protagonist. She's I think there are some uh, perspective shifts, uh, but uh, yeah, I would call her the protagonist. And uh, so... It, Often it is following uh, those two, you know, trying to get to the truth of the of the death. Yeah, and what one thing in particular is we're probably not going to spoil this movie just because it is inherently a mystery movie. But I think we can still talk about the ending without specifically saying the character or characters. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you- yeah, uh, maybe it might be easier to do. With- non-spoiler section and then pause and then say okay. spoilers now. Yeah, yeah, we could I yeah, think yeah, I don't think we can get to this completely without spoilers. That's fair. Yeah. Um Yeah, okay. When we get to that point, then I guess we'll yeah. just clarify. Um Eric, is there anything you want to add to Caleb's just kind of description or Um yeah, no. I thought it was pretty good. It's another one of Ryan Johnson's big like genre plays. He does a lot of things that sort of subvert genre tropes. Um and apart from that, it's a murder mystery, very much so in the modern age. Um, lots of really current references, in addition to like, they all have smartphones. Like, it's a very, it's a very interesting twist on the Who Done It. It's very like it, it struck me as almost very meta, like or just very. It's it's so it wants you to know very badly that it's happening now. I feel like, like it's. There's a lot of references to just like culture things, like you know yeah. the alt right teenager, the uh, you know the girl pursuing the uh, like gender studies degree, uh, the you know use of Hamilton smartphones, Hamilton the baby reference. driver reference, yeah, it, little things like that that I don't know if they add much. Besides, I don't know. What do you guys think of? Does it really add much? Does it take away of anything, or do you think it was just there to? I think Ryan Johnson's just trying to do everything he can to to entrench this movie in in this current time and wants it to be really a product of of the time and I think uh, that manifests itself mostly in in family in the family the main family the Thrombies and how they uh, interact with Marta who is an immigrant the Thrombies being a very uh, wealthy powerful white family uh mm-hmm. and and how you know interactions between a group like the thrombies and uh a less privileged uh immigrant like marta uh, interact and how that works in today's society i think 
uh, Johnson was really trying to paint a picture of that. So let me, let me ask a quick question before we kind of move into the details um, and talk about things we liked, disliked, and thought were done well, not so well. Do you, either of you, or both of you, do you think this movie tried too hard to be more than a mystery movie? Or do you think it didn't necessarily try too hard, but it didn't reach... Like, well, how do you view? Because you can't... It's very obvious that this movie has large implications, Right. Like, throughout the movie, there are constant references, or even just, it's like throwing in your face the the hypocrisy, the, you know, the, the kind of class undertones. I don't even know if they're undertones. I mean, it's just like, do you think this movie, like maybe what people said about Joker, is that it tried too hard to be something it shouldn't have been? Or do you think the whole purpose was that it, I, I don't know, what do you guys think? Well, I definitely think it was Johnson's uh, purpose to make this more than uh, your your average whodunit. Uh, was it successful? I was. I was it successful in uh getting across its point? Yes, it it got its point across. Um, did that make the movie better? Uh, for me, I, I, I don't. I didn't leave the theater feeling hugely impacted. Uh, by. By Johnson's added uh, moral, moral play, um, I, it was definitely there and it was clear. But I don't. I'm not sure it really improved the quality of the movie, or definitely not the quality of the, of the mystery. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think I like Johnson's execution of this more than, in some ways, Joker. In like, if we're thinking about the same questions. I um I think his message does come across pretty clear, but I agree. I think at a certain point it overshadows the the main plot of the film. Like and it it's not that late into the movie. The focus essentially switches like 30 minutes in to the movie, and I think that's the main reason why it didn't um why it maybe didn't sit as well with me, even though I I think a lot of it is well done. I also think that Johnson might have had a hard time balancing the absolute extremity of his argument with this being PG-13. It's a crowd pleaser. People don't want to leave a movie feeling bad. And I think he plays a fine line with that for sure. That's true. I would definitely say you don't. I'd be interested to see what the film would be like in a non PG thirteen setting, I have even... the perfect example for you later. Oh well, I'm I'm very intrigued to listen because I do think I, I do agree with you. Um, there are definitely some things that I feel is limited. Um, I want to talk about a few things that we've talked about, and it it'll break into your guys' opinions and of what we like and don't like, and maybe I'll just start by kind of posing a few things. So, starting with like the setting, how did you feel about the setting of the movie? You know, the location, the like how how did you feel about it overall? Um, I really loved the setting of the movie. I think the house that they used is one of the best devices that was within this film. Um, the way the house is framed to be towering above everyone as they're outside to show this house as this object of desire that's like on top of everyone's minds. Um, in addition, I also enjoy the framing within framing that Marta's frequently 
framed in as she's in the film, whereas like the position of power that everyone else is comparatively in. Um, another thing that Johnson really focuses on in the house is this presence of eyes. We get all these shots of these statues, um, different ornaments, different shrines, but even overarching, like, and most importantly, this huge portrait of Harlan just watching down over everyone, and especially seemingly to Marta, who's under the most fire. Yeah, I think that portrait is shown at least five, six times throughout the film. It's definitely recurring, and uh, you definitely feel that that presence. Uh, Caleb, do you agree with Eric overall about yeah, the setting? Yeah, no, I think I think Eric Eric hit it hit it right on. Great production design. Uh, the house, uh, a sp- in house, not only is looks great and has these uh, metaphorical attributes as Eric was discussing, but it literally works itself into the mystery element. Uh, the mi- the mystery could not have happened as it did without the house existing as it does, which, you know, that's that's how you should use elements in your film. It's make every uh, every part of every element necessary. And uh, with, with this design, uh, Johnson definitely did that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know the one thing that we both want to talk about, or you guys both want to talk about, are characters. Um, but I want to talk real quick about, you know, just because I know we have a lot to say and I don't want to think that people will think that we're bashing this movie because we didn't dislike the movie overall. There were just definitely some things that we very quickly, I think, talked about right after. So another thing that we both or all three liked was the plot, correct, overall? Mm. Mm. Or did Kayla – we talked about something, right? The, I, I – I liked the plot uh more specifically uh the 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 machinations of the mystery for as long as it as long as it followed the traditional mystery uh trajectory which it does deviate from and we'll discuss that more in the spoiler section uh but as far as the actual uh mystery surrounding uh harlan's death I thought that was uh, really well played out, really well executed. And throughout the whole story, Johnson does keep the twists coming. Some of them are certainly more satisfying than others, but it is, I imagine, I couldn't imagine really breaking it down into each little thing. The plot, the the mystery is incredibly complex. Uh, There are many, many, many intricacies uh, that that in theory should work out incredibly well uh, and should in theory satisfy the viewer maybe entirely. It didn't end up working out that way as far as satisfaction goes for me, but I definitely admire the the the, the script and how it, uh, and just how, how intense it was in its, in its details. Uh, I'll I'll get into why I wasn't satisfied uh, in a sec if if you guys want to want to talk about the plot or the mystery. Yeah, I think the film for me had a really nice setup. There's this opening, like thirty-ish minutes, I would say, where it's just almost talking head documentary style interviews with all these characters, and we get to see the intricacies of each of these relationships as well as we get to start to get a sense of the hypocrisies 
and lies underneath them. Um, and especially as the movie gets going, there's a lot of, I think, really, really nice ramping up of tension. We we keep getting new um, additions to this story, and there's some pretty interesting plot devices that um, Ryan Johnson uses, I think, to keep the story going. I think I was just a little disappointed with the way the story ended up unraveling. I feel like we got all this information in the beginning that I thought was so cool that didn't really end up being used. There, I felt like the mystery could have used more twists and turns. And some of the elements that we'll probably go into in a little bit were a little, I felt, just could have been thought out better near the end. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know who doesn't love a good mystery. You know, it's it's fun. You know, you, you when a director really can, when you have those twists and turns, it, it really makes it special. But I, I, I had the same feeling as you that I really liked the first, like I liked the first 30 minutes. And that was the expectation I got from the trailer that it matched. And then it, it kind of slowly for me, I, I don't know what it was necessarily. I don't know if it was how it ended up unraveling, but I wasn't satisfied either at the very end. I didn't feel that satisfaction like, oh, it all paid off. Like, especially the end. I, I have a really big problem with the ending, and we'll get to it later. But I, f I feel like I understand there's subtle hints that are dropped throughout the whole thing. And it's not cliche by any means. But I, I feel like it is so, I don't know what it was. It just felt like they very much threw it at you. It's almost like they felt like they were running out of time. And it was just like, here. Like that last scene, you know what I'm talking about, kind of towards the end. I, I had a, I don't know. I, it I felt do really weird to enjoy me. the last shot. I really like the. No, I, I agree with that the last, last shot. That last shot is so satisfying. I think it's so, like the scene where Daniel Craig's character is like, I got it. You know, I figured it all out. And then you see, you know, the suspect come in and they go through the whole real story of what happened. I don't know if it felt long. Did you did you guys feel satisfied by that? You know, we'll get more into it, but did the ending pay off for you? Um, well, I guess here is where I'll get into my biggest qualms. Uh, ending did did not really pay off for me, but I don't think changing the ending or how the ending was revealed would have made the difference. I think by that time, uh, the ship had already sailed for me. Uh, so my my big issues were with the characters and the dialogue. The characters were just not very compelling to me at all, really. Uh, I guess mostly the the Thromby family. I thought um, uh, I thought Marta Marta and and Blanc uh had their had their had their moments, but most of the family. And there are a lot of them just I didn't care about. I didn't think they were particularly well characterized. Uh, and I didn't think they were very interesting. They kind of just all existed in this, you know, uh, wealthy white idea. And that was, for most of them, basically it. There were some small political uh, differences among the family, but it all didn't that that those elements didn't really end up paying off um i attribute this failure mostly to the dialogue which i just 
plot wasn't very good. While Johnson had complete control over the plot, somehow the things that his characters said didn't didn't resonate uh, with me at all. I, again, it it didn't make it didn't help define the characters, the dialogue, uh, and it in attempts at humor, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, fell incredibly flat. So that I, I really struggled to to find investment in the story beyond admiring the intricacy of the plot. So by the end of it, you know, we there there's a resolution, and that's all I really took away from from that ending. Uh, besides the ending shot, uh, but the actual reveal, I'm like, oh, that's the reveal. But did I really care what happened at that point? Not really, because beyond uh, Blanc and Marta, who even them, I, I I wasn't I wasn't completely sold on. I just really struggled to 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 care. I think this might be part of where all this pushing of modernity really begins to, I think, imp- impede on the plot and the the effect of the movie because. Um, the the actions of the Thromby family so clearly already push this current and um very charged uh message that Johnson is throwing out about class and essentially about um like wealthy white hypocrisy. Uh, that when a lot of their dialogue is um dedicated to like talking about one of the children who is alt-right and how he's always on Reddit or, like, talking, like, saying, like, a sort of, eh, like, one-liner and, like, talking about a Hamilton quote. There's a lot of wasted space there that could be used for more characterization or just more action. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Um, I'm going to somewhat disagree uh, just so... It's not that I, I do disagree somewhat. I, I enjoyed the humor. Um, it wasn't the funniest movie I ever saw. I, I thought it I thought it saved the movie from being too I don't even know, not dull, but I I, I enjoyed the occasional uh, you know, one liner or some of it. You know, I, I don't know. Uh I, I didn't think it was too unsuccessful in that remark. Um and I did particularly enjoy the characters of, you know, Blanc and uh Marta. Um I, I thought, you know, Daniel Craig's character, his acting was fine. I don't think it, like, I just don't think it allowed for any ex- super exciting, like, I, I don't know. Um, I did really, I was very impressed with, uh, her name is, what, Anna de Armas? Um, I was very impressed with her acting. Uh, of anyone, if I had to say, who do you think did a particularly uh, great job? I personally thought her just because she sold me. On how much her character cared about uh, Harlan, and she sold me on a few other things. The you know stress she was dealing with of being this young woman who was really having to care for her uh, you know undocumented mother, and and all these issues that were kind of all going on. I, I really thought she was something that saved the movie for me as well. Um, I just thought she stayed very true to her character. Um, I, I, I know we talked a little bit about this and that is that the characters overall seem very one dimensional and that they have a trait and they are that trait um, or they just are what they are and they're not human. And I don't think 
like you mentioned something like I don't think for people listening that we necessarily want the characters to be redeemable. Like, I don't think what Caleb is saying is that he thinks all the Thromby should be, you know, should have some redemption. I actually wanted them to be worse. Yeah, I'm, they just, I'm just saying that they just, yeah, they weren't memorable. They weren't really interesting. Uh, and maybe some of that is that within the family, I think they're all very similar. Even if, you know, some political views uh, differentiate, uh, Johnson makes a point to, like, that's like it, it's meant to be that. Way. Yeah, to to juxtapose, you know, to to ostensibly juxtapose uh, some of the family into liberals and conservatives, but you know, and in the end, the, it's the the wealthy white kind of trumps all that. Um, they're all very similar and not very interesting. Which, in contrast to something like this year's film, Ready or Not, which also follows. Uh, uh, a rich white family, you know, that film, you know, were, every character was influenced by their privilege, but they all, ha their personalities were just a little more uh, clear and a little more different than than each other. Every character ha had a slight difference that uh, maybe even as simple as created conflict. Uh, so there was things to care about within the family uh, that was going on, whereas in in Knives Out, any argument within the family, everyone was so similar that you know things felt contrived or almost entirely plot driven. I didn't really feel that there were many organic character moments that you know allowed you to appreciate uh, the people for who they were. Even if that was a bad thing, you know, you sh I think in this movie there should have been more, uh, more space to appreciate the characters for how awful they were. But it was hard to pick out uh, any one character at, at any one time uh, to to really look at within that lens. Which overall, you know, it's hard to to care about the whole story when when you can't find an entry point through through any of those main characters within the family. Yeah, you know, one example I was just thinking of, and I don't know if it really kind of satisfies your point, um, but to me it exemplifies why it was – I didn't feel a lot of satisfaction towards some of the side plots being resolved. And I don't know if you want to even call them side plots. But, for instance, you know, the thing that separates some of the characters is obviously the issues that they're dealing with. There's the, you know, um, what's her name? The the mother of the of uh, the daughter, college. Um, Meg? Wait. Yeah, Meg Linda? and her mom is... Linda? Linda. You know, there's the, you know, kind of that subplot of, you know, her... Wait, no, Joni. 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 Joni, wanting money for her daughter to go to college, but she's also stealing money off the side. At the end of the film, there were several... I don't even know if we want to call them side plots, things that were resolved, and that was, for instance, and this is kind of a small spoiler, it doesn't really say anything big. For instance, um, the main woman, I, I'm so bad with names, what's the uh, the main daughter of, of Harlan? Linda. Linda. Linda's husband. Richard. Who, Richard, who you find out early on has been having an affair, she finds out. And I, there's just no satisfaction from her finding out like you don't feel like oh yeah thank god you know there's no there's nothing from the characters that make you feel for them in the aspect that you're like oh you know thank god like she knows like i'm, I'm happy you know like this is just great like i just don't 
care. I just wish I felt better in seeing them have to feel bad. And I feel like that's like that's why I wish they were worse. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think in that moment you're trying to see the the family fall apart. Uh, and that's that's part of it a lot. I, I, should we just move into into spoiler territory Yeah, we can, you now? know, at this point, yeah. All right. So spoilers Five seconds. End. Five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. So you're seeing the, the family fall apart. You're seeing Ransom, you know, being taken into custody. Uh, and you're seeing, you know, this, this, uh, this affair come out. And then you see Marta at the top of the house looking down on them. And then the, the whole family is is in in tatters you know just a few days ago they had they had uh they had their well first of all they had harlan but you know they had all this money and all this power and all these resources that have just been taken from them so i think the point of that is to see this uh this great fall but yeah i I agree that it was it was difficult to take as much pleasure in seeing that as Johnson clearly wants you to uh, because you just, or at least I struggle to, to care uh, about the family so you throughout think, the movie. So you, so you wish almost that the family and maybe Eric does more. So the family was portrayed even more terrible than they were. That way you felt kind of satisfied that they are now at the bottom. Some, that you're yeah, like, it's not, they got what they deserved. I don't even know if they, I, this just sort of goes back to Caleb. I don't even know if they like. I wanted them to be worse because they're obviously terrible. Like they're very terrible. Yes. Um. I guess that's just my easy way of saying that I didn't really care about any of them, and like having them be terrible is a, is an easy fix for that. Like not even be even more more terrible. Like I feel like a lot of the joy you derive from these type of clue like murder mysteries is just like enjoying and reveling and just like how kooky and crazy all these characters are and actually being able to spend time with them. And I feel like the characters ultimately didn't satisfy that for me partially because I just think they weren't written as interestingly as they could be, but also partially because at a certain point they just really weren't super relevant to the plot. Yeah, and I think they weren't really they they fell out of relevance in part because, uh, like well, we like we were saying they're they're clearly bad people, but they just didn't always make super bold choices in their in their negative uh in their evilness. Uh, again, to take it back to to ready or not for a second like those that family was crazy uh and they were truly truly uh not just evil in uh in a you know in a safe uh privileged way but they were they were evil and they were violent and it got kind of insane to a point where i think knives out could have could have just gotten off off the walls and, and really said something instead of always maintaining sort of a safe bubble. So at the end of Ready or Not, when when everything's resolved, you, you know, you are really, you deeply care about the protagonist and the the horrible family. You are really enjoying uh, 
their demise, which they just weren't super strong here and they weren't as interesting. And so that just puts the whole story uh, into emotional doubt. Yeah. I want to back up a little bit to just talk briefly. And I know we kind of already talked about the ending, but the scene, I guess, before where they reveal who the culprit is um, and at this point, you know, like we said, we're, we're going to be talking about spoilers. So and we kind of already mentioned <laughs> who was arrested. Um, I'm not going to talk about whether or not what I would have wanted for the story. I don't th- I think it's irrelevant. I, I think the story is the story. It was what it was. You know, who you know, who did it, how it happened. I thought it was creative. I thought it was not, you know, I, I at first I was kind of like thrown off by the whole let's show kind of what or you know, quote unquote, what happened in the very beginning with Marta and the accident. And then, like, for the whole movie, you're like, you're like, oh, there's going to be a twist, right? The twist is coming. Oh, it wasn't, like, you know, you, you thought there was something coming. And then in the end, when, you know, Daniel Craig's character, um, Blanc, you know, figures everything out, you, uh, you know, he, he like, snap, he finds his tox, uh, toxology report. He, you know, has this, like, eureka moment, and he talks to Marta and have them and has them bring in the real suspect. I had an issue with that whole scene, and I think it was a maybe 10 minutes total. Maybe I'm bad at estimating time, but in particular, I had an issue with just the pacing of it, and that was Blanc talks to Marty, telling her, you know, hey, there's something more going on here, right? And then they bring in Ransom, who at this point you're like, oh, like, oh, didn't kind of didn't see this coming. Like, he was trying to help her, blah, blah, blah. And then Daniel Craig's character just starts being like i know you did it starting here and then and then you know ransom's like you got no proof and then he says but there's this and then he's like you got no proof and then there's more reasons why and he's like but you got no proof and until you get to like like, i just felt like it was very drawn out that by the end of it when you knew for sure it had to be him i didn't know if i was expecting another twist or if it was just a lot of time and went by but i just felt unsatisfied i felt oh it was him. I, I did like the scene after, you know, the the interaction. I do, uh, you know, like him trying to stab her um, and things like that. I, I don't know. How did you guys feel? I mean, maybe you didn't really feel that was your issue. Um, I just felt like there was a weird, weird way they revealed uh, who did it or who done it. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I think my big issue with it. So, I mean, we're in spoiler territory, like. If you've seen it, you know, they essentially tell us that Marta was the culprit. She uh, mixed up the meds and gave Harlan just a ton of morphine instead of his usual meds. And that is why he died. And in order to, like, shift the blame, sort of, he um, he died by suicide. Um, so that already sets you up to think, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There's going to be a twist. And I think the main thing I had with it was that by a certain point, it was pretty obvious that it was this son. First of all, his name is Ransom. And <laughs> she also, in a way, gets this like Ransom sort of blackmail thing. So at first you're like, okay. And then also when she gets picked up by Ben, there's a moment when she's like trying to get away from Benoit Blanc and he's almost like an antagonist for a bit. Um, and he just literally... He pretends to help her. He's like, you got to stay quiet. Like, you can't tell anyone about this. And then he, like, rats her out and tells everything to the police the moment he gets in the car. So you're like, okay, like, 
it's definitely like this guy's up to like up There's to something this. Going Whereas on. at this point in time, the entire rest of the family for this portion of the movie is almost irrelevant. They're just not there. They're they're there in the sense of they're like imposing presence and their like oppressiveness and their like their like sheer like status. But I but I think I think they were irrelevant at this point. Like at this point, if it, like let's say for at this point. In so the this movie, is before. They, they this is probably had, before the Walt came over and threatened to deport the mother. I yes, would say. like the entire section before that. But even then, at this point, you would like you got to a, you get to a point in the movie, maybe in the latter third, that you're like, at this point, who can it be? Like a lot of the other family members hadn't had the screen time to kind of be set up, and it, like, why would they make it some random person? Like, th- there were hints. Of different motives and different ideas, but after a certain point, didn't you feel like it was just like, oh, not that you solved it, but it just felt like, I don't know if there's a way for it to be satisfying. Well, really, it wasn't even anyone because he just didn't go to the hospital. He he got the right meds. It's it was an interesting story. I like that, that if you want to yeah. explain the kind of what actually, yeah, went so down. She knew the medicine bottles well enough that when. So what happened was Ransom went and switched the medicine bottles when he found out that um, Harlan was going to give away his entire will and assets to Marta, hoping that Marta would then unknowing or like accidentally kill Harlan, and in doing so, um, like get herself out of the will through what's called like the Slayer Clause. Uh but what ends up happening is Marta knows the medicine so well that she actually gives him the right medicine. But because the bottles were switched, she thinks she gave Harlan morphine and that he's about to die. And that's and because Harlan decided not to call anyone or do much about it other than accept the fact that he thought he would just give him morphine and that he had no chance um, to just um, I, he slit his own throat. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's a, like I really enjoyed the storyline, like the the idea. Like if you were mm-hmm. reading this in a novel or something, like it is yeah, a twist. It's, a classic, it's obviously like, like a did not see that coming. Like that mm-hmm. was not in my mind. But something about the end just didn't leave me satisfied. And maybe it was because the things you already talked about. Maybe it was because overall the the characters and their lack of dimensions didn't really allow for you to have much satisfaction towards the end anyways but i don't know it, it felt like it was missing something or just that like uh i think the movie had just gotten a little off track by the second act and it just i don't i just don't think whatever happened in the third act was enough to bring any of it back personally for me yeah i mean your whole expectation coming into this from how it's being marketed, et cetera, was that this is a true murder mystery whodunit. And that gets wiped away in the first half hour, essentially. Uh, when you, when the true, although not totally, you know, leaving out some information, but when the true story that Marta uh, gave Harlan the drugs that they both thought were going to kill him when that is revealed and then you realize that you know it wasn't anyone in the family who directly at least uh killed killed harlan so that is what you were going in expecting and then that's 
wiped away pretty quickly. And so the rest of it, at least personally, I didn't find uh, as appealing. Mostly, I think, because of the, the problems I've already explained about character and dialogue. I think it turned into a much more uh, character-driven film after that point because you know that it's you can't just rely on straight mystery. Uh, and while the plot was was still interesting and and like I like I've said, a very well schemed, uh, you have to have characters you you care about when the when the initial calling card has been revoked and you're and you're left with with something that's just not as outwardly appealing as a straight murder mystery, which is uh, perhaps some of the most compelling that you can uh, most compelling idea that you can lead with. So by the end, when you're left with this more character-driven piece or what should be, and then the characters just just aren't really there, and they're saying dialogue the whole time that I didn't find particularly insightful or meaningful or funny, uh, such as CSI KFC, that that fell flat. Uh, when when Marta you know was nervous and said she felt like she had swallowed a bunch of bees. I you know like and I love bees. I'm oh, a I'm a man. big I'm a big bee guy. I love myself some bees, but that that did not you know stuff like that just didn't work. So then you know by the time you get to the end, there's there's little satisfaction even available if you were if you became as skeptical as I did. Uh, so in the in the actual manner of the reveal, uh, it was. Again, the scheme of it worked worked well, but I just wasn't impacted by it, and I, I, I think Johnson hoped for a lot of emotional impact. So I, overall, just felt like like he he failed there. Um, I think this is this sort of ties into one of my main problems with the film. Um, I think that by the time the reveal of what Marta has done has come, first of all, the tagline of the movie is literally, it could be any of them. It's on every single poster. <laughs> and within 30 minutes, it could really only be two people out of this entire family of like 10 to 15 people. Um, but even aside from that, by the time that happens, it becomes pretty clear that the political message of the movie is what Ryan Johnson really wants to drive home. And... I think what he ends up making is something that's very serviceable and it's very like it says something very current and it's very true um but not something that necessarily is anything radically different from anything that we've been hearing sort of like how Caleb said it adds not much to the dialogue it sort of calls some people out but not in a super like provocative way and I feel like if you're going at that point to have your movie be about your the impact of the what the characters are doing and like about this message, then you've gotta you've gotta go all the way and have you feel something at the end. And part of that's definitely because this is this is a movie that's going wide release. Um, it's PG thirteen. It's playing on Thanksgiving. Families are gonna go see it, so it obviously can't be too provocative. But I almost hope that it had that. Yeah, just gone further with with its message if that was the direction that it was deciding to go. And the movie that I was really thinking of that connected to this was Lars von Trier's Dogville. And that's a movie in which Nicole Kidman 
plays this outsider who may or may not be chased by this ruthless gang. She comes into this little Colorado village. It's the idyllic American village. And at first, everyone seems like a little passive aggressive, perhaps. They're definitely capitalists. They're definitely they're definitely Americans. Um, there's a huge like USA and like within the whole within the whole movie. But slowly throughout the movie, especially after like a wanted poster comes in for Nicole Kidman's character, who's very well acted by the way in this movie, maybe her best performance. Um, everything just starts getting darker and darker. And I don't want to spoil anything about this movie because it's maybe the most shocking movie I've seen in my life. And at the end of the movie, like, it's impossible to not go, like, there is something wrong with this country. And by the time you get to the end credits, like, I don't want to spoil what happens at the end credits and what plays over the end credits. But that is maybe the most sickening imagery of America I've seen in my life. Wow, I did not know we were... And it is... I... Knives Out was never going to be that, but that was the sort of corollary of this similar plot where this family that ostensibly, like or in this case, the city, that ostensibly treats you well because of what you do, but the moment they can turn on you, they each have different character traits. They each are terrible in different ways, and probably in a way that's definitely different from Ready or Not, but in some ways very similar too, but just is so, so impacting by the time. It's clear that the movie is, aside from this whole, like, is she like a fugitive? Is she dangerous? What is happening? Who is she being chased by? Once that's not really cleared out of the way, but less so in the headspace of the audience, it goes all in. And it's it's just a ridiculously good movie. Yeah, I think before we get into I think it's about time that we give our kind of official last kind of idea. Um, obviously, we'll talk a few more things, but I think uh, one thing I want to mention is just that I, I agree with Eric. Um, I don't think any of us reasonably, like we had no issue with the the message Ryan Johnson was trying to get across. Um, there were very obvious, you know, political and uh, cultural messages that were trying to be put on full display uh, for the audience to see. Maybe the issue was, and maybe it would have solved things for many of us is that it wasn't leaned into enough and whether it was f through the lack of fleshing out deep characters, whether it was, you know, not really pushing the bar in terms of what it could have been, you know, you know, staying kind of safe in terms of appealing to many audiences, uh, you know, staying PG 13. My initial reaction to seeing the trailer was very similar to what I thought or what I now hear uh what's the movie ready or not mm -hmm. is and I very much thought that this movie granted I didn't know about the political I didn't really know how much it would play but I definitely could see I, I thought it was going to be more I, I maybe less pg-13 maybe just more risque I don't know the right word I'm looking for but I definitely thought it would be more yeah I, I don't think it's it's the quantity of of the message or the quantity of of times or the number of times that Johnson drops hints or about the message because there there are several several moments where he's trying to get you to notice something it's just yeah i think like like eric has been 
has been leading with. Uh, it's just the, the, the quality of it in the sense that it just doesn't, in my opinion, go far enough in in what it's trying to say. So it, it really uh, just ends up feeling like kind of a neutered argument of, of white hypocrisy, which has it, which has examples, several examples in the film, but you're not totally swept away by the argument uh, because they, they could have gone for it more. I think it just could have, they could have made stronger, more out there, uh, more bold, brave uh, gestures about about white hypocrisy because we we know that that it exists and that I think that is a problem. That is the extent to which Ryan Johnson is delivering his message. He's saying, "Look, white hypocrisy, uh, white privilege, treating immigrants poorly—that exists." But we already know that. Uh, and so he's, it seems to me like ultimately, I don't know if this was his intention. I think it's probably not, but how it feels to me is that he's raising awareness about these issues instead of really attacking, uh, their existence. So yes, I think he should have just gone a little bit further. All right. Well, um, let's each give our final kind of thoughts. Um, I, I guess I'll start and we'll just work our way down. Um, I don't, because we don't know what Caleb's rating is yet. Eric and I know each other's. Um, but uh, I, I'll start. Uh, so I gave this, well, I won't say what I gave it yet, but I enjoyed the movie overall. Um, I said in my review that it was a fun movie, that it didn't wow me, but I overall still enjoyed it. It was not a movie and isn't a movie, that I think warrants a position at what I said was a table of classic fun movies that you rewatch. It's it's not a movie I will go out of my way to revisit very often. I am compelled to rewatch it to see maybe things I have missed or just I don't know. I do think it's a movie I want to rewatch just to actively feel it again, maybe going in with a little bit lower expectations, not so much as I had before. Um but overall, I I thought that there were fun twists and turns, there were some timely jokes and fun moments, and there were even some very solid performances, notably from Daniel Craig and Anna de Armas. Uh, the movie overall had some nitpicky issues that take away that took away from my first viewing, but I still enjoyed it, and so I decided that uh, Knives Out was a three and a half star film for me. Yeah, I think Knives Out is very serviceable it's i think it's fun enough and it's very crowd pleasing which i think at the end of the day political message aside it was its main goal so i guess in a way it succeeded and i mean you just look at the box office numbers and i am glad that a filmmaker like ryan johnson is getting this sort of like box office success but at the end of the day i was just not a huge fan of this. I left, I I I sort of left the theater even immediately after just going sort of, that's it. Um, I I'd say it's worth seeing, but I wouldn't go out of my way. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch this, and I wouldn't go out of my way to rewatch this. Um, so I give it three stars. 
The more I think about Knives Out, the less I like it. Uh, I think that's because as I've hit over the head, uh, emotionally, I just couldn't find myself in the film. Uh, or couldn't find myself caring deeply about uh, the characters in the film. Um, what I will say is that I am deeply impressed by the machinations of the plot and the mystery. And Ryan Johnson, I, I, I can't imagine coming up with that story and making sure every little thing was checked off and and worked that is deeply deeply impressive but for me that's that's really where it ends um i've already you know talked about the characters and the dialogue but also uh, even as far as the as the acting i didn't think there was a single knockout performance uh thought anna de armas was very good um craig was solid of the family, I enjoyed Tony Collette's performance, and in his limited screen time, uh, Christopher Plummer was predictably, you know, he 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 knows what he's doing. He's been in enough movies. He he's he's a he's a solid actor, but there was not even, you know, in a movie where you think you know the characters are going to be so exciting and. And and wonderful. They're not even. The, I didn't feel even the actors could could save the characters, which of course I, I goes back to the writing. But anyway, um, the more I think about it, the less I care for it. I don't even think I'll be thinking about this come uh, award season, which is you know, in a, in a, which is now essentially, and nonetheless, you know in the in the in the future so i gave this movie two and a half stars and uh well hopefully we'll we'll see we'll see something that we all enjoy more in the near future yeah actually um i wanted to just end by talking a little bit about kind of what our plan is next um we have a little bit of time left and i think uh we should just talk about that so the plan is right now uh to this weekend, this coming weekend for us in a few days, see uh, a movie that we've all, again, have high expectations for, and that is Uncut Gems. Uh, Eric, do you want to just talk about Uncut, Uncut Gems and uh, the experience we get to have this weekend? Eric, what experience do we get to have this weekend? <laughs> okay, so, so, Uncut Gems. Um, I've been following this movie probably since... I think even freshman year fall. So that would be fall of 2018. I've been following this movie for almost over a year. Um, it's by the Softy Brothers, who directed Good Time. And that's probably one of the best movies of 2017. Um, it stars Adam Sandler. And he, I think, is making a lot of bets. It's like a, it's like a huge like wild bet movie. And if we know the Softy Brothers, it's going to be wildly exciting, stress-inducing. It's going to have... A lot of really cool like colors and lighting work to it um but yeah we're seeing it at the Arclight dome with live q a afterwards with the softy brothers themselves as well as adam sandler and 
you know I'll be bringing my Punch Drunk Love DVD in case Wait. Sandler's there to sign afterwards. Did you just say Adam Sandler's going to be there? Yeah. Wait, I didn't know this. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be Did there. Did you not tell me this? We found out like late last night. Oh my God, Adam Sandler is going to be there? <laughs> like, is this guaranteed? Yeah, it's on the, yeah. He's going to be there. Oh my God, I got to, I have, oh, I'm going to go buy a bunch of Adam Sandler movies <laughs> right now. Oh my God. That's yeah. crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm even more excited now. It's, I think, it, all in our minds, it's like big 2019 movie catch-up season right now. Um, all just thinking about lists, thinking about all the stuff we've, we've missed. There's been just so many movies out there. Like, I'm I'm never going to be able to fully catch up, but. Yeah, some movies we, we saw recently, which we're not talking about now because. Um, They'll probably show up at the it'll end. It'll show up. We have two main ideas, um, and that is. First, next week, we're going to be reviewing, um, for sure, Uncut Gems. Um, that's, like, non-negotiable. We'll definitely be doing that. And then most likely, we'll be doing an end-of-the-year kind of best of 2019 for us list. Um, I also just had the idea of maybe doing, I don't know if we want to do it now or in, maybe in the spring, just doing, well, not really spring, but our votes for awards, for award season. Yeah, we um, could do that. Yeah. So, I don't know if maybe we want to do that incorporate with our favorite 2019. Either way, expect. I think we should wait. Till actual us, like okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll probably be doing those two things sometime in the near future for sure. Doing maybe best of twenty nineteen next week, uh, along with uncut gems. Um, but just to mention some movies that we have seen recently that we haven't talked much about because we anticipate talking about them next week possibly. Uh, we in the last month or two saw uh, biggest one was probably Parasite, mm-hmm. um, which. That was your second viewing, actually. Yep. Um, and uh, we all loved that movie. It was a very, very awesome movie. Uh, another recent movie you guys saw, you want to talk about? We saw Celine Sciamma's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, that was, I think, one of my most hyped movies for the rest of the year that I talked about on the very first episode of this. So that was very exciting for us. Yeah, I really want to go see that. I, I wish I could have gone. Uh, I should have gone. Um we also saw Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Um, <laughs> I forget. I forget. I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. We have some differing opinions on that one. Oh, I'm pretty sure. God, but... I love that movie. I know. I, I love that movie. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did not forget about that movie. Yeah, Eric, that, that's some stuff we've all been seeing a lot, some Eric, different things. But why did you spill your beans? <laughs> and with that, uh, well. There is another movie that I want to mention that I just saw recently. I know you two haven't seen it yet, but I just saw, um, oh my God, I'm in front. A Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, yeah. Who's the director for that movie? It's Mangold, it's right? It's James Mangold. James Mangold. Um, it was a solid movie. It was a long movie. I think it's two and a half hours, uh, which just felt long. It felt like a long movie. Uh, Kristen Bale, Matt Damon, you know, race cars. Honestly, again, saw it with my dad. It was a solid movie. I, I don't know what I expected out of it. Um, I don't know what you guys would really think, but I, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I thought it was a very solid movie. It made me feel very, uh, I don't know, like somewhat patriotic, maybe a little just like uh, we did it. But there were definitely a lot of kind of uh, uh, sad moments, kind of moments where you were like, I hate capitalism, which, you know, might be uh, something uh, a film – you know, about race car drivers, you wouldn't expect to have in it. But, yeah, capitalism. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, we I know this week we I'm I'm planning, uh, the three of us are planning on watching 
uh, newly released movie, uh, Marriage Story. By Noah Baumbach. Lots of buzz about it recently. I've been seeing this whole, like, Twitter feud about Marriage Story recently. There's this one scene. And, Twitter like, feud? Not even a Twitter feud, just this whole, like, Twitter controversy over this one scene. So I'm very curious. Uh-oh. Well, that'll Not be- controversy other than people screaming that it's bad and other people screaming that it's amazing. All right. Well, I guess we'll you be- might just hear about it soon. You will. Uh, and we also might watch The Irishman this week, which I know Eric has already seen. Uh, that's a big one yep. as well. So. Uh, yeah. Expect a lot to come soon. Uh, next week, like I said, we'll be doing Uncut Gems review and then probably a end of 2019 uh, in review type episode where we talk about our favorites, our least favorites, and just things that left an impression on us in 2019. But uh, with that, it has been a great time talking to you guys and uh, talking about Knives Out. And uh, we uh, we can't wait to talk to you guys next time. So uh, with that, we'd like to uh, bid you adieu. Hugh, a Hugh did it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a blessed eve, everyone.